What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, happy new year to you. Tell me. Uh, How's your twenty twenty one going so it's far? It's going really well. Feels good. Feels good to be in twenty twenty one. I'm enjoying it. I'm you know, mm-hmm. I, I did some uh on New Year's Eve <clears throat> with a couple of friends. Um and my my other partner, Leah. Um we we had some um Oh fuck! What were they called? There are these types of leaves, um, bay leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bay bay leaves. Yeah, yeah. Because I kept oh, I kept thinking bay? that my friend Emily was saying Baileys. She's like, "You guys want to do some okay. Baileys?" And I was like, "Do some Baileys," but she meant do some bay leaves. <laughs> and there are these little leaves, and the mm-hmm. the idea was that you write on the leaves. They're very small, like this. You write things that you want to let go of from the past year. And I wrote many, many things on many, many bay leaves. And then 
when you're done writing it, you hold it over a candle and you burn the bay leaf. And, and it, and it like, it, it's really satisfying. It crackles and flickers and, and catches on fire really, like really nicely. And so I burned a bunch of shit that I'm just leaving in the past. Looking at 2021, I was, I've never really been one for, for doing this, but I felt like this year, 2020 was just so fucking, just so yeah. weird and so fucked that I was like, I need to do, I need to do some like legit resolution type stuff, you know? <coughs> so coming into 2021, I feel fucking great. I just turned 33 yeah. yesterday. Um, had a wonderful birthday. Wow. And, uh. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling, you know, things are on the up and up. I feel good. How about you, Bride? How do you feel about 2021? I feel good about it. I, um, you oh, know, yeah. New Year's Day, and then we January found our 1st, fucking our cat, cat came home, our missing cat. Can I read the, t- can I just read the text yeah. from the lady, though? Because it's kind of wild. Um, you go ahead. Keep going. I'll, I'll find this thing. Yeah. Um, I had, I feel like I have been tending over the last month, I'd say, maybe less than that, three weeks or so, been tending just to the, mostly just to the people in my immediate circle because of the bubble that we've been sort of forced to have with COVID and everything. But, um, what that resulted in was a really nice like holiday season. Um, I felt like the pressure was off a little bit in some ways too. So like a more comfortable, natural, like personal Mm. self-expression of the holidays came through. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not one for, I, I am one for <laughs> resolutions, um, it, but something about the turning of this calendar year and where I'm at in my life right now feels like it doesn't matter that it's a new calendar year. The mm. we're just moving, we're just moving forward, and I I kind of roll my eyes a little bit when I when I hear people like especially on like the radio being like, oh yeah. Yeah. 2020 is behind us. I'm like, it's right there. There's no, still in it. it's, and it's still yeah. like very much, you know, with us anyway. Um, but I feel like spiritually I have been really, um, fulfilled by this more reflective holiday season. And Sweet. I am feeling inspired about the future. So, yeah, yeah. For the first I, time, I'll, like I think you nailed like it on the head time. there. It, feeling so inspired it nice. for the future. That's that's how I'm feeling too. Um, and yeah, and it was funny because like we were ending 2021 with uh, the news that we so we lost our cat on like December. I don't know, fuck what, like what was the date? On December 13th, and um, it's 13th. pretty cold up here in Nova Scotia. If you if you're not from Canada. Um, uh, you know, we had a couple snowstorms yeah. between the 13th and um, and New Year's. And uh, <clears throat> and so our cat, you know, because we moved and Bridie took the cat to to the to the new place that you're living. And uh, Vonnegut 
got out. He got must have got spooked or something and couldn't find his way home. And so we were, I was pretty convinced he was a goner. Uh, and then we get, and then I, I took the, you know, Brady, you printed off, but maybe fuck, I don't know, 500 fucking posters and put them all over the fucking, yeah. Like 150, 200 flyers. I put up all over like a hundred posters. I stuffed mailboxes. <laughs> I, I did, did all the Facebook groups. Yeah. I went to the and dog so park I took, and I took that to uh, poster and I there. put it up on Reddit um, and, um, on and our, then, our Halifax, which is like the subreddit for Halifax. And uh, got a message from a lady. And then, you know, basically the lady was like, I'm pretty sure I found your cat. And so she called me. And sure enough, we I went there and she did. She found Vonnegut and he was very scared and very cold and very hungry. And um, uh, he ended up, he's fine. He's doing well now. But uh, she ended up texting us after and said, it was a very strange because for a month I was having dreams. I found a lost cat. And when I saw him last night, he was exactly where he was in the dream. I felt like I was the one that needed to find him, and I'm so happy we did. We have a guy named Ernie, who is the same age, and Alexis, who is 15. I empathize hard. I'm so relieved and happy that the New Year is starting off right. So this uh, this very sweet lady found our cat and um, and uh, and had a, pre- a fucking premonition before she did, which is pretty wild. So big thank you to that woman who, uh, who found our cat, Vonnegut. <clears throat> Yeah, really, uh, you were cutting out there for a bit uh, there for me, so I'm not sure if you said this, but it's so um, it's so generous. It's ge- Remember when we talked with, uh, with Kendra Kunov and she was talking about generosity? I've been thinking about that a lot lately and thinking about what it means to be generous. And for her, for this person on Reddit, Brittany, to go out and purposefully look for our cat Isn't felt, that, I was like, yeah. that's generous. That's yeah, like above very, and beyond and uncalled for. Um, <clears throat> so that, that was also a really great way to kick off the new year. Uh, Cause it, there's something that feels really good about it. Just, you know, feels good to know that there's good people out in the world. And, uh, and there was a lot of bad things that happened in 2020 and, I'll, and uh, you know, highlighting a lot of bad people. Um, and, uh, and, and, so it's just nice to be reminded there's, you know, there's good, there's good folks out there. There's good folks. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm getting a bunch of, this, this is a, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. If it's my internet or yours, Braddy, but, uh, there's a bunch of bullshit happening here and, uh, I can barely hear you. Uh, so let's try to trudge, trudge right through this. Cause this is all sorts of fuck. <laughs> and Hey, if you want to see how bad the quality is of this recording, uh, video wise, go to patreon.com slash turn me on and you can see how garbage uh, one of our internets is right now. I have a feeling it's your end, Bridie, because uh, you are not coming through very clear <laughs> whatsoever. But who knows? Um, uh, hey, do you want to? Uh, so look, oh, here's the shit. other thing. We're not going to dilly dally here. We're going to get right to the recording pretty quickly uh, because, like I said, it was my 33rd birthday yesterday. And as a birthday gift to myself from Turn Me On, we get to talk to one of my all-time favorite porn stars, someone who I looked up to. I don't know if that's the right word. I looked at a lot uh, in my youth. I was going to say my favorite childhood porn star, but like that sounds weird. 
Um, but definitely, I was definitely very young and mm-hmm. loved this this uh, performer very much um, for a long time in my youth. I know. I, I know don't that, think she likes it I'm when you say that of their work, and uh, we get to speak to Joanna Angel later in the episode. So that's my birthday gift for me. What a fucking radical conversation and rad human and. <laughs> Uh, just I'm so, I was so elated that we got to make that happen, and uh, yeah, it's like one of those things where I kind of had to pinch myself and be like, "Is this fucking? Is my life real right now? This is so wild." So we're gonna get to that, but before we do, this is something. This is for like our our the people who have been like listening through and through, like our diehard listeners. You might remember sometime in 2020, early 2020, we got a uh, we got listener mail. From someone who had expressed how they f- they were pretty sure that they could potentially they had the they had the potential to orgasm from 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 basically like fucking their own ear hole, so like they with Q tips kind of jingle jangling in their ear, they could get really close to orgasming, and they wrote in to us to be like, "Hey, have you ever heard of this?" Or have any of your listeners ever heard of this? And I remember when we read that on the email, we did have someone write in to be like, I have experienced something similar, but we did. there wasn't many other people that wrote in. <coughs> well, we got an update from the eargasm woman. And Bridie, if you would do us the honors, uh, I love this email. Okay, I would love to. Uh... This title of this uh, email is called Brain Boner Update, Ear Orgasm, from Ear Lane, oh, which I think great. is a play on Guilen. Uh, here we go. Hello, Turn Me On podcast duo. I'm the one who wrote in about possible ear orgasms about a year ago. Thanks for reading my question on air and especially for the next reader who wrote in about their Q-tip and bobby pin and ear-scratching escapades. I, too, love to scritch and scratch my ear holes with various objects. But in 2020, somehow despite all of this nonsense, I quit scratching the ears so much. Well, very occasionally, I do use a Q-tip, but I could stop at any time after a shower to dry them ears out. Once they are dry, my favorite is to wet a new Q-tip and make the ear holes wet again. Sounds gross and counterproductive, but do try it out, fellow ear scratcher, to soothe your most likely extremely dry ear canals. I am writing to update you on my ear orgasm quest slash journey. After mostly stopping the ear scratches, I have discovered that my ear orgasming sensation to remind listeners, I can never quite get there, and I was writing in originally to see if there are some tips from other listeners out there. And the satisfaction of ear scratching are very different. I'm going to repeat that sentence. I have discovered that my ear orgasming sensation and the satisfaction of ear scratching are very different. Even without scratching very often, I can still get the ear edging feeling when I wiggle my jaw, mostly only in the left ear. Working from home for about a year now with daily Zoom calls has allowed me the opportunity to stare at my face a lot. 
To keep myself occupied and feel a tiny bit less vain, I have practiced wiggling my ears on camera. And guess what? The edging feeling happens. But only sometimes. I'm convinced it has to do with weather or humidity or some shit. Like maybe my little ear bones expand and contract depending on the weather. Or maybe it's due to the alignment of planets. LOL. I don't know. The other thing I have discovered while casually Googling about ear bones and the impact humidity has on them (sighs) is that ear rumbling is a relatively rare thing. I have always been able to ear rumble on command, which apparently not everyone can do. The best I can describe is it is the sound you hear slash feel when yawning. Well, I can make my ears do whatever I want. Uh, Oh, well, I can make my ears do that whenever I want. It doesn't feel good or bad, but it is another clue that perhaps my ears can do neat things like orgasming. Last thing I would like to bring up is something I neglected to mention last time. I didn't mention it because I felt the first email was already a bit too nutso. This one is edging towards nutso now, but whatever. Sometimes when I scratch the outside of my labia, not in a sexy way, just in the way that you sometimes got to scratch, I feel it in my ear. It's not all the time, like not every scratch, but when I scratch in a specific area, sort of the left labia near where it fuses, LOL, with my leg, like where the underwear sits. It feels uncontrollable, like when a dog is scratched in a specific area on their back or whatever, and their foot stamps. But instead, I scratch my left labia, and I sort of feel fluttering slash scratching in my left ear. LOL. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I never thought about it, but I am actually Mm. prego with my first baby, and it's happening more often. Maybe I'm more itchy, and the connection is more powerful because all the blood and the happenings down there. And I'm only mentioning it because while on my ear exploration journey, I am wondering if it's all connected. Some neurons are, are crossed or some shit, which maybe explains the orgasm feeling when my ear bones wiggle, wiggle. So there's your update. Ear scratching is a wonderful feeling, but separate from what I am feeling, the ear edging orgasm feeling. I can sometimes feel the edging when wiggling the jaw or wiggling the ear, I can ear rumble, which I suppose is neat, and I am convinced that my vagine and ear neurons are crossed somehow due to the strained sensations when scratching my hoo-ha, which has intensified due to my production of La Bebe. All that adds up to nothing much, but I am still wondering if there are others like me out there and if they have tips for me and maybe others to continue our ear exploration (laughs) adventures. If so, please write in to turn me on so we can... So they can connect us. So I can get my ear fucking orgasm. Oh, no, wait. So I can get my fucking ear orgasm. Okay, thanks, friends, and have a very happy 2021. Hoping to hear some raunchy-ass turn-me-on stories in the new year. Ear Lane. How about that? <clears throat> I, it's, it's very, like, I, I want to... How about that? There's got to be someone out there. There's got to be somebody out there who knows the, like, the connection between the vulva and the ear. Like, what the fuck I'm, is that? Like, have you, yeah. Have you ever, like, do you, if you scratch your, like, know. if you scratch your vulva, have you ever I'm going to ask an osteopath. It's somewhere else? I tried it after reading that email and I did nothing. However, there is a connection between your ileocecal yeah. valve, which uh, connects your large and small intestine, and your left shoulder. 
Um, because whenever I have tummy trouble there in my in my hmm. colon, which I do on occasion, I feel it in my shoulder. Interesting. It's so and fascinating. the osteopath. I, like I, yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it, like it. So I, I wonder if the, like, so the ear orgasming thing, like fingering the ear, or like you know, Q-tipping the ear, making her feel like she's coming close to orgasming. Like, is that linked to scratching the vulva and feeling it in the ear? You know, like, <clears throat> where's the? Are those two things linked? Like. I, it's so it's so fucking fascinating to me. And is that like is that a unique thing? Like is she just a is she just a uh an anomaly or or is that or you know or did she tap into something that like not many people know that they have the ability to tap into? It's it, man, it's so fucking weird and interesting. I've never heard of ear rumbling, but I also can make my ears make do the thing that they do when I yawn, which is sort of like mm. pop. Um, yeah, <clears throat> you're, you're breaking up. Um, it, it's, it's going to be funny for everyone who's listening because they will hear you fine because I'm getting your recording, but I have no idea what you just said, but I do, I did hear something about pop and ear popping and I can pop my ear. Um, if I like plug my nose and blow, I can like, I can kind of like pop my ear. Like I'm on an airplane or something. Yeah, I do it all the time. Whatever. doesn't matter. Oh, don't do that. Ah, no, I'm sure it's fine. No, that, that sure can't be fine. good. I do have some ear problems though as of late. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe that is, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, yeah, when I when I tug on my earlobe, I I sneeze out of my penis like a lot of a lot of uh, white uh, a lot of white penis snot comes out of my and it feel, and I get a tingly feeling in my in my in my um, in my pee pee and it feels and I and I giggle so I don't know what's going on I might have to go see an ENT. I don't know if it would be an ENT. It'd be like a ear nose ENP? penis doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, I'm so glad. Uh, yeah, let's throw to too. our conversation with Joanna Angel. If you are not familiar <laughs> with Joanna Angel, um, you are missing out. Uh, Joanna Angel is a uh, longtime uh, adult film star. The uh, the founder of Burning Angel, to which uh, she has sold now and is just uh, just a performer now, but uh, not just a performer. Joanna Angel is also a writer. Uh, she is a she's fucking funny as shit, um, and and just an all around uh, bubbly, amazing, so funny, fun human being. Um, <clears throat> we spoke to Joanna about her uh, her career as a porn star. Um, about uh, her career as a writer. Uh, she has a book that is uh, coming to you very soon, which we dive into. Um, and uh, I just, I'm, I'm, again, this is like, uh, this is one of those like, oh, I've, I'm, I feel complete moments in my life. So uh, to Joanna Angel, thank you for wanting to come on the show. And uh, thank you for, uh, for talking to me. That was just the coolest thing. 
totally, totally fanboying out. Um, but uh, I hope you, our listeners, love this conversation as much as I did because it was so fucking fun. And uh, and yeah, go make sure you check out uh, check out her book that is coming out just a month from now. So uh, enjoy this conversation with Joanna Angel, and we will see you on the other side. I want. I want to start this off with a with a very short story as to why I'm so excited about this podcast recording. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me set the stage. It yeah, was, let's hear it. <laughs> a, the year was 2005. Okay. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, I was 17 years old, and I'll one of you said 18. Uh, I was 17. In and, my, uh, yeah, in my and, world, uh, everyone's 18. <laughs> and, uh, I don't even know. <clears throat> But you know what? I I did lie to someone and said that I was 18. Okay. Uh, and I got a job, one of my first jobs ever, at a at a uh, a local video store in my hometown called Excitement Video, spelled with an oh, X. In Los Angeles? Uh, no, no, this is no, this is like small. I guess there's more than one excitement in the world. Yeah, I'm like, this there's is one down the street for me. <laughs> <laughs> very very different small town. It's a common name. Small town in uh, Nova Scotia, Canada. Okay. Uh, lower the Lower Sackville Excitement Video, and it was a it was a porn store, okay. and so I I went in. Um, they thought I was eighteen, I was not. Uh, I lied on my resume or I lied on my interview to get a job there, and a part of I mean, they should have asked for your ID. <laughs> they, I think I wore I I think when I brought my resume in, I wore a, a tie. And oh, and I, th- so I think like no way. No one it doesn't them. matter, right. Joanna. If you saw Jeremy <laughs> at seventeen, you you would be like, "Who's this twelve-year-old?" Like yeah, Jeremy yeah, yeah. was a boy. Also, yeah. it's Canada, and I know for everyone I know in Canada is so nice. So I bet they're like. It was too polite. They, they just didn't. People they didn't don't want to assume ask. anyone would ever lie about yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. That's like only happens in America. That, that's it. Yeah. So <laughs> they were trustworthy. You're the first liar in the town. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were trustworthy of this young boy that came in and, and got the job. And so a part, a part of the job was that um, we were offered um, two free rentals of DVDs a night in order to get familiar with the content. So when people came in to rent a video, we would have some knowledge of what it is that we're trying to, you know, what we're trying to sell. And so the first thing that I grabbed, this this was 2005. The first thing I grabbed off the shelf as a, as an avid horror lover Uh was, was repenetrator. And I took it home that night and it was, it was, to this day, one of the best things I have ever watched. I it, like it is seared into my memory. And so fast forward all these years later. And so for people who don't know, Repenetrator was like a, it was a it was a film that you had pieced together in 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2004. Yeah. From it was it was a Burning Angel production, was it not? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it was one of it's, the first one, actually. Was yeah. The first one. Oh, really? The first Burning Angel. Kind of, I mean, it, I guess it was our first. <clears throat> DVD or something. Sure. I don't know. There was a lot of firsts yeah. for that movie. And I, it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, was it just one, the one scene? Like it was just, just one, one scene. Like I mean, 20 I can minute. tell you the yeah. whole story of Repenetrator oh, if you don't know the backstory of your favorite oh, film. God, Do you is, still have that movie? Because it's rare. It's I, hard I, to get a copy, actually. N- so, I can't get a copy. So, huh. so you're actually going to hate to hear this. So, so what I did was I started a racket at high, in my high school. And I would take these, every movie I would take home, I would burn them and then oh, sell them and sell them at school. The original porn pirater. Yeah, Thank I made, mean, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, fuck, I know, the you worst. You helped all of us lose Just money. Thought. <laughs> what, a, what a shithead kid. Yeah. Anyway. It's so, good funny. thing. Yeah, good thing yeah. I'm doing okay or I'd be really mad at you right now. Yeah. That's okay. We were just talking I mean, about how shithead kids are because we recently lost our cat and we went out and put posters around the neighborhood today, which is and Ooh. yesterday and the day before. And this and we put them up right outside this. I was like, let's put one outside the school because the kids, they'll look. They'll look they'll look for a cat. And so we pull up <clears> and I put a Jeremy won't even pull up to the pole. He's like, he pulls up and makes me, I have to walk to the pole. There's a bunch of like junior high kids streaming out of the school. And I staple gun my missing cat poster to the pole. And as I get back in the car, they like scramble over to the pole and they're looking at it. And I was like, I'm going to roll down my window and say, thank you. And... And then I got a fucking prank call like 20 minutes ago. Oh, my God. mm -hmm. People still prank call? Mm -hmm. I had, I thought that was like a thing of like my generation. (laughs) Like I can't, you know, I'm really sorry about that story. I actually did lose my dog before for like two days and um, somebody did find him from a sign. Oh, my gosh duty in life to find somebody else's animal from a sign so every time i see one i take a photo of it and i actually like actively go out looking for it and i still have yet to return that karma back into the world (laughs) but (laughs) but they do work and i paid for you know because you know when you lose your animal um you start looking for help and then all people want is like money you know like you find all these scams like we will find your pet like random (laughs) websites i like paid so much money to so many websites that said they were gonna like do all sorts of things they didn't do um just because i felt vulnerable and the and the old-fashioned sign did work it did i I appreciate that so much because i have made you know i've made so many new friends on the internet sharing my facebook post like i'm like a hundred people shared this no one i don't I, like it's no, just it's crazy though the way that I those hope you find your cat oh, yeah we will don't cats, cats fingers walk crossed away don't they, they and do then they yeah. come back i've heard they that's wander. like really common yeah. they get yeah. bored like they they like wander they like they, they, they for, like they yeah, little other relationships little adventures yeah that's right <laughs> yeah, they, they gather friends grass is always greener on you i know I'm sorry. He's a little slut. I don't want to be the one to tell you, but they're enjoying themselves in another home right now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Okay, but Repenetrator. Right, so So I mean... So you pirated my movie. I pirated your movie. I worked hard on and spent my own money on. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So lots of people. But you helped spread the word. I did help (laughs) spread the word, and I made made the life of many young, um, young high school boys in uh in Sackville Nova Scotia but 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 the thing that I uh, uh, that's right that's right 18 18. all legal age 18 year old boys uh and uh but I want to say that the the thing that I loved so much about it so if if people aren't aware um reanimator which is like a really 
fucking iconic like body horror movie hp lovecraft film from from the 1980s it was a remake of that and like it was it was you know it was hilarious and super grotesque and like there's there's like you know like radioactive green lube and and there there was you know there was like there was lots of blood and it was just one it was one of the, like the fucking coolest things i've ever I'd, i had ever seen because i'd never to me like at that time in my life porn was just i, I think like pirates had just come out too so i was like no, i was just came th- out way later than that oh was yeah, it later it was okay, in okay. that i mean like a few years later but sure, yeah i guess yeah. it was in that um very polished yeah. time in porn. I think you know, where it, was it was like, like vivid video was like mm-hmm. the main thing with the big tan, you know. Uh, also, most porn at that time was made in Los Angeles, you know, in mm-hmm. the same kind of swimming pool mansion um, mm-hmm. area. Where did so, you, yeah. where did you guys, where was Repenetrator made? In New York. Oh, sweet. Actually, cool. that one was actually made in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was like the it was the alt porn kind of thing that stuck out yeah. that really sort of stuck out to me. Where I was like, oh, whoa, this is really. Anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, you're so I, I just want to say that you are Joanna. You are one of my you're one of my sexual idols. You well, are. Thank you. And thank th- you. so this is a, a pure honor to have you on the show. Thank and you so, very much. Having said that, I want to know who is who is or who was um, for you your sexual idol. That's an interesting question. Um, You know, I guess I, I, you know, I didn't watch porn really growing up at all. I mean, I didn't watch a porn until literally I started Burning Angel. I never watched um, any porn. However, a a person who was very inspirational to me that um, I'm not sure if you knew her or not. I remember I went to go see her speak. Um, at a, at a college, you know, when I was younger, uh, was Tristan Terramino. Um, she, uh, is a writer. Um, she has, she has directed some amazing, uh, porno movies from back in the day. Um, and I really, I, and she's written, you know, a lot of great books. Um, and she's actually a, a friend of mine, um, to this day. I, she was not my friend when I first met her. I guess I met her as somewhat of a fan. Um, I always looked up to her because she was very, you know, she had a very funny, very open-minded, very kind of lighthearted approach to very, um, very, uh, filthy things in sex, you know? Ooh. Um, she wrote a book a long time ago called The Ultimate Guide to Anal Sex for Women, and that book, uh, kind of changed my life. And at that time, no one talked about anal sex. I didn't even know, I mean, it's so hard when I talk about me and sex when I was younger, I feel... I feel like people don't even believe me because younger people now are so sexually advanced. You mm. know, I didn't even know anal sex was an option until I was like 23. Mm. Like I didn't even know anyone did that, you know, um, no one talked about it. It was not like a thing, you know? So I, after I like read that book and then I was, I don't know, she was just like a very sexually open-minded person. She was also from New York and she was also like a, just a, you know, an educated like feminist. Um, so I really did look up to her, mm. um, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I, um, that's hard to, it's hard to, you know, I, I had to really find myself, uh, sexually. I was very shy, you know? Um, and sometimes I still am to this day. Mm. <laughs> how, like, how did you, what, what was your, one of the, one of the things that we ask a lot on the show to our guests is like, is, 
you know, what, like, what's your sexual origin story? Like what was, what for you, uh, we're trying to like steer away from the word, you know, how did you lose your virginity, but instead say, uh, what did your sexual debut look like? You mean on film? No, like, like for you as a sexual being, like Joanna as a human, like what was your, what did your sexual debut look like? Um, you know, I grew up really like never talking about sex, never like um, addressing it, never talking about it with my friends, definitely not talking about it with my family. So it was always kind of this like mystery, you know, um, I do remember when I was younger getting uh, aroused to um hair metal videos on MTV. Um, I wasn't really sure what to do with that feeling, but I would just like sit in my room and like watch them and <clears throat> masturbate. <laughs> totally. So it was probably the earliest uh, times. I've never heard that before. It's, really? I, like it. it's I good. figured everyone did that. <laughs> I mean, they were like music videos in like the early 90s were so steamy sexy. oh yeah yeah what, what was what was that video what was that video there was one that i i masturbated to several times it was, it was the um uh fuck black and white on the beach it's like one guy singing and like there's a woman it's I, there's a woman who's like she's topless the whole time there's lots of side boob Ooh, um side uh good. and they're like they're they're like play they're like kind of playing on the beach what is that it's like an iconic song Oh fuck! I can't now. Now that that's I'm, it's gonna kill it me. Sounds I'm gonna, really romantic. I wasn't really into mm. like romance. It was only the <laughs> visuals. It was purely visual for me. Yeah, it definitely wasn't the, but definitely a romantic song for sure. Yeah. I actually remember. I mean, this really like says a lot about me and how it turned out. But I remember having like a babysitter when I was really young, and she was like, you know, this was like the '80s or the early '90s, you know, so. I don't know. She had the big hair and everything like that. And I remember um, she would actually turn on MTV while she was babysitting me, which is probably not allowed, but I'm really glad she did. Um, and I remember watching that, like, there was like a Motley Crue uh, live video. I specifically remember seeing in the audience, they showed a, a image of a girl flashing her boobs, you know, and then there was like, right, like, a you know, whatever sensors on top of the boobs. And I remember asking my babysitter. Why did she take her clothes off for the people in the band? <laughs> she was like, "That's what girls do. They try to show them their bodies, so after the show they could have sex with them." And I was like, "Have you done that?" <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, I have." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "That's so cool." Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> totally like idolizing it. That's hilarious. So of course. You fast forward, I lost my virginity to a band guy. <laughs> and oh, right. basically stuck to them ever since. <laughs> yeah, you still like you still like guys in bands? I can my I, I husband can. is a musician. it's it's actually I I've said it to my husband's face. It's an, it's like and I've every time I've gone away from it, there's been times in my life where I'm like I need, I need to date someone normal, normal, you know, someone who like has a nine to five job or like, you know, whatever. And every time I've tried, I just go back to musicians. Um, and uh, I've, I've said it's like a, it's an addiction. 
but I mean, he's my husband. I, I love yeah. him. He's not going anywhere, but I yell at him sometimes. Every time he plays music and I get turned on, I get angry. At this point. <laughs> right. It's a weakness of mine. I don't like having any weaknesses. Um, I, um, I suppose I, that was my first sexual awakening or something mm. being like, but, and it was not just, and you know, first of all, it was not just the guys in the video. It was the girls in the video too. And they're like, you know, it was like their, uh, their confidence in their sexuality. You know, the girls mm. in the short leopard dresses and their big tits and they just kind of, you know, and the way they looked at everyone. So, and also mm. the men in the bands looked like women too. So I think there was just like multiple things going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so true because I didn't talk mm-hmm. with my friends about sex or my parents. I grew up in a small a town. Yeah, it was a different time, you know. That wasn't normal when mm-hmm. we were – I mean, I don't know how old you are, but um, – I'm 36, okay. 37, but okay. I, yeah. feel like, I feel like the shapes of men and women's bodies at that age where things are still really like a mystery, no one's talking to you about it. It's like you're attracted – you're more likely to be attracted to just like sexuality – Mm-hmm. As yeah. it's exuded by whatever gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are really open-minded now, like younger people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we didn't have all the things that they no. have access to. We had to, like, wait till we were 18 years old. Or I guess in your case, you mm-hmm. lied at age of 17. <laughs> I'm going to look the other way on that. But we, it was very common when you were 18 to go buy like a porn magazine. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm talking about the Stone Age. Like, I can't believe this was just when I was younger. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like, like yeah. a horse and buggy, you know, like going <laughs> yeah. to a store at age 18 and buying a magazine. But that's what, that's what people did. I mean, that that's, there's probably someone listening to this right now who, who hears that and thinks like, what the fuck? Like, is, like, she, like, is she 90? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, how old is this yeah. woman? <laughs> yeah. So like for someone, for someone who, for someone who did come up as like, you know, who, who didn't talk about sex much with friends, family, peers, um, what, you know, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times before, but like, what was the, what was the catalyst for you to, to decide to start your own porn production company? Because like, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you, did you, did you, did you have a, a a career as a as an adult film like like no. a, a performer and then get into production or was mm-hmm. that like the the production was the first thing that you did right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did how did that come to be? Um. Well, <laughs> I, when I was in college, um, first of all, my. Like, in my, like, senior year of college, I did start to kind of get into a lot of, like, nerdy, like, sex education stuff. I think because I wasn't having a lot of sex, I really liked knowing about it and reading about it or something. It was, like, Mm -hmm. my own way of, I don't know. And I also really liked writing about it. Um, I took an an internship at this, like, um, it was, like, a super uh, progressive like kind of feminist ish, like uh, online magazine, uh, my senior year in college. And um, I don't know, it just kind of like inspired me. Um, you know, there was a lot of like, uh, a lot of authors were writing like erotica as, as part of the the magazine. Um, they, I, they were actually one of the first websites to have like a dating columns and stuff, you know, um, and that was where they kind of made their money. But I worked on the 
worked as an intern on the literary side. Um, anyway, I, I just was kind of involved in a lot of things where it was like, oh, look, you can, you can like learn and talk about sex in this sort of like, I don't know, sophisticated environment or something where there's like humor behind it. And, and, you know, I was looking at a lot of like artistic, whatever, you know, photography, stuff like that. Anyway, um, I don't know. So while I was doing that, I was also like in my like creative writing class like writing a lot of like erotica and stuff and it was actually very awkward in class but it just seemed to be what I was doing um uh well and then my roommate in college who was a you know a dude that liked porn a lot (laughs) he asked me if I wanted to start a porn site with him and I was just like yeah I think you know he I because I would come home from my internship and like talk about it with all my roommates like you know like you're like, hey guys, look at what we did today. And like, I learned about this photographer, and I did. I don't know. And Ooh. then, um, like I think that, I, just, that idea that's of really I'm, just how it started. I knew nothing about the porn industry, yeah, at all, at I, all. I, at that time, at that period of time, like with that 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 question or that notion of like wanting to start a porn website, like was that. I feel like today that the, like if, if, you know, if, if someone who was in college or freshly out of college, like hearing that idea is like, oh yeah, well like, you know, anyone can start a website. Like that's, that's kind of been around forever. It's not a big, you know, just get Squarespace and like fucking whatever. I mean, now you don't need to start a website. You just start an OnlyFans. Yeah, exactly. What, like what, what was that idea that, you know, how, how far out was that idea to just, for someone to just say, do you want to do this with me right now? Like, From the I- first time we had the conversation till the day it actually launched, I think it was like probably six or seven months. And that was like six or seven oh. months of like, first of all, I, we had no idea what we were doing, you know? Mm. So had we known what we were doing, maybe that process could have been sped up. But I don't think so. I mean, mm. I even know now still, which still now feels like the Stone Age, you know, the, the real studios in the industry, like I, you know, when they, when they're trying to start like a pay site, like it does take, it can take a good year of just like getting everything together mm-hmm. or maybe six months, you know? Um, and it, it kind of was six or seven months of like every single day doing something that led towards it, you know, trial and error, thinking the right person was going to mm-hmm. build it. And then that fell through. We also had like no money. So like trying to find like friends and friends of friends to like, work on it you know which is uh uh a good thing to do in college because you have so many friends around with so many different skills you know um no one should do i I mean thinking back now like it doesn't even feel real like if i would ever hold a (laughs) seminar on like how to start a porn business like or any business like don't do anything that i I did everything wrong (laughs) But I was ignorant, you know, but like my ignorance was bliss. You know what I mean? I think because I literally had no idea what I was doing and had no idea what anybody else was doing either. Mm. Uh, Burning Angel was very unique. Um, And it was not unique like a bunch of businessmen sitting in a room like what what like new thing can we tap in on that hasn't been tapped in on? This was genuinely just what came from my brain and my heart and the resources that I had um available uh, we were burning angel and then we kind of you know became known as um uh 
you know, doing something, I guess, kind of groundbreaking at yeah. the time. Um, and I think that is how groundbreaking things happen is like, cause even to this day, when I am still making movies and stuff, I do always try to do that thing. Like, what can I do that hasn't been done? Like, what can mm. I do? That's like, like when you try too hard to do something different, you can't do something different. Like doing something different has to sort of happen organically. And that's, that's really what Bernie was. Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When did you guys, when did you guys realize that, like, when did you realize that you actually had stumbled into something that was like going to work, you know, like that, that, that burning angel was, was not just some sort of like labor of love, but like actually something that was going to prosper and, and, and kind of explode into what it has become today. I mean, there was, you know, I mean, the, the business was a business for, well, I mean, I guess it's technically still a business. I don't know if any, if you know, I sold Burning Angel in 2018. Okay. Um, so okay. I owned it, but I still work mm. for Burning Angel. Now I get paid as I'm a hired person for Burning Angel at this point. So. <laughs> right. That happened in 2000, at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. But, um, and then Burning Angel started in 2002. Um, and, you know, there were many, many like, every few years were every year was very different from another year. I mean, it was a business that kind of, we built, you know, when you start a business with like really no money, like you start as something small and then you build on that and you build on that and you build on that. And then, you know, burning it all over time, just kind of, we would put down a layer and then build on that layer and put down another layer. But um, mm. I don't know, you know, think, like, I mean, I do remember when we first launched really in 2002 um, I think because for that whole like six, seven months, I was like um, uh, scrambling and trying so hard to get this idea off the ground. Somewhere in that process, I 
it like escaped my mind that like this is porn and people are going to be freaked out by it you know like I was so engrossed in the like you know mechanics of getting this thing launched that without knowing anything about internet like I didn't even have like like I would use the school computer lab to like go on and like do things like I was not like an internet nerd. I was right. not like a porn person. Like I, why starting an internet porn business was a guy, you know, I was just like a creative driven person with like some <clears throat> inner sexuality that I wanted to like let out to the world. Like I was not qualified mm-hmm. to do any of this. <laughs> um, right. And um, so I was so just like dead set on like, we have to get this thing launched. We, once I, and I'm like that with anything in my life. Once I get an idea in my brain, I, I'm very determined to make it happen. Like, so somewhere along the way, I forgot that this was porn or, or just didn't even, I, I didn't see that as an obstacle at all. You know, right. also like I was in a community, you know, in college, I had a lot of friends with their own record labels, friends that put out their own, you know, they're put on their own, like, you know, punk shows and stuff like that. So I was very involved in a community where everybody was sort of starting their own thing, you know, and mm-hmm. I just, this was my thing. And I didn't really see it as any different from any anybody else's thing. And then when it launched, it was like, no, I mean, I know what in actuality, this was probably like 50 people, but that to me was my whole world. You know, like I, I'm when it launched, like, I could not go anywhere on campus without somebody asking me about it. I had teachers pull me aside and talk to me about it. Um, every si- I had friends that didn't want to talk to me anymore. I had family right. members torn apart. I had I went through and like to me, I was like, everybody, look what I did! I launched this cool thing. Check it out! Like really, just like I had so much passion for it, and I was so excited about it. Like I was just I don't know the fact that I was naked there like didn't even seem like like it should bother anyone, you know, like, I guess, um, and I don't know. And, and then like, um, it, it felt like, like the world was like looking at me and I understand that's not what was actually happening, but my world was, I was not used to being the talk of the town or the center of attention. Um, mm. people were angered by it. You know, I was involved in a lot of like feminist groups and stuff in college and they didn't want to talk to me anymore, you know, and I, that was not something I was expecting, you know? Um, so somewhere like this was right when it launched. And then also like girls that were on the website were having a hard time dealing with like the stigma that was coming along with it. And I really thought I was doing this cool thing by giving us a place to us like to express ourselves. And I was like, what did I do? (laughs) So that was when we, that was like just the first few days it launched. I felt like my whole world turned upside down. So I do remember at that time having a really bad um, panic attack and thinking to myself, I have two choices here. I either need to take this down and move and never speak of this again, (laughs) or I need to make this huge and I need to make this. And, you know, and it was like an interesting feeling to see how much pornography affected people, whether it was good or whether it was bad. That was um, something very interesting to me, you know, uh, all through college, I was, I was very like pretty big time political activist. I was also super involved in like, you know, the punk scene. And like, it was always our goal to like get a reaction out of people, whether it was Mm. through 
um, you know, music or through activism or through, you know, whatever it was that I was doing, the people I was involved in, I, I was, we kind of got excited by like provoking some reaction out of people. And a lot of the times we did not provoke any reaction out of anyone, you know, mm. like, um, you know, I worked very hard on a lot of like campaigns in college, you know, with Amnesty International, all these different groups, like trying to get people to care about very big issues that they did not care about. But you put a few naked people on the internet and everybody cares. Mm. So I did realize <laughs> there was like a, like a power in pornography that I thought was really exciting. Mm. Um, I don't know. So that was kind of the day in my brain where I was like, I have to turn this into something until that actually happened was, I don't know, <laughs> several years later, but I was very, very, very determined from that point on moving forward. And I never looked back, you know? Yeah. And so then, uh, yeah, I'm so how, curious how I became a company. How is that whole experience that you've described? Like what I'm just curious, having released a book or you are soon releasing a book um what's that like that seems like a bit of a left turn from from well, it's not a left turn because I was an English major in college and I've also written all of my scripts for all of my porn for the past like 20 years so writing has always been a very big part of my life <laughs> yeah um, if anyone mentioned... who knew me in college always knew that when I grew up I wanted to be a writer whatever that you know um right. so all my friends from growing up all, um were uh but yeah, I guess I, I guess the funny thing is if I never got into porn, would have I would I ever have gotten a book deal? I don't really know. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. The, I, the book. I mean, um, it's called uh, Club Forty Two. It's coming out in uh, paperbacks. Coming out in February. In February. Correct? But actually, I was gonna say I did have a, another book come out of two. Where did the time go? I don't know. <laughs> I know. I was like, like to me, it seems like it just came out a couple months ago, but it, I guess it was like two years ago at this point. But the the first book is about a guy, a, a girl that works at a porn store. So you should read that book. I definitely that need could to be, read that yeah, book. Yeah. That so this one is about a girl that works at a strip club. Um, but the first one is about a porn store. So yeah. both in the same choose your own adventure format. So you should really read the first one because maybe you can identify however all the characters are 18 in the book yeah. and in the world <laughs> <laughs> well but, um but anyway, sorry i didn't mean to if you know. if if it has if it has um if it has been you know always cooking inside you to write a book do you think that that without the porn industry the books you were writing would be the same like you had had this urge you said to express yourself sexually or had this like something that wanted to express itself sexually when you put up this porn site so do you think like that's affected the novels that oh you're totally yeah I mean I actually when I was in college I used to go to like <clears throat> um writing workshops and stuff all the time and I actually remember here in one of the writing workshops I went to now like 700 years ago when I was in school um I remember somebody saying something that stuck with me because I was so like, I want to be a writer. I want to be a writer. How can I be a writer after I graduate? Like, how do you get a book deal? How do you do this? Like things I was trying to think about when I was like 20 years old, or how do you get a job? I don't know. And I remember somebody saying like, don't get out of college and be a writer. It doesn't, you're too young. You haven't like learned about the world yet. And what makes you a good writer is experience, you know? So they're like, they're like, don't ever quit a job 
to try to be a writer, you know, mm-hmm. like use that job to like fuel your writing. Um, I do remember somebody telling me that and it always kind of stuck, you know, in back of me. I mean, I've, I've experienced and learned so much in the porn industry that all, you know, um, you get fuels my, my writing. I mean, you can study writing in school all you want, but if you have no life experience, where, what are you going to, what are you going to do? You know, you need, you need like, you need that to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool. Cause I've learned about being, you know, with my place in the industry, I've learned about so many different sides of the industry, you know, and um, I have, even though it's not something I'm particularly known for. I mean, I've spent a lot of times, a lot of time in strip clubs. Um, I've, I've been a feature dancer as a porn star for a while, but actually the first few years of Burning Angel, about a year or so after the website started, before Burning Angel was able to be my full-time job, but it was still taking up a lot of my life. Um, one of the girls that we had shot was a stripper and she was telling me about it. And that was a time when stripping was really good. Um, and so I, I, Burning Angel was funded, you know, our first few movies, everything was from money I made at the strip club. Um, so I learned a lot about myself in the strip club and, and, you know, I spent a lot of time, um, in strip clubs, you know, and I've spent a lot of time, like, as I guess you call it a house dancer when you actually work at the strip club and a featured entertainer is when you travel and you do like a featured show at the strip club. And I've experienced, you know, both ends. Um, so, uh, you know, the whole world of exotic dancing is like a, a different world than the porn world. And I'm really glad mm. that I've experienced it. Cause, um, like in porn on a porn set, I'm dealing with everyone in the industry, <clears throat> but in a strip club, you're dealing with all different walks of life. You know what I mean? You get the people walking in off the street and like the manager of the strip club is usually just like a guy from the town. He's not like an industry guy. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. like a dude that before that probably worked at like, you know, a sports Home equipment Depot. store. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's, it's like, it's a super fascinating universe that exists, you know, everywhere. Mm. Um, so I know there was just in it for a choose your own adventure format. There was, you know, a lot to work with there. <laughs> I, it's so club 42, which, uh, which, which hasn't, I don't think has come out yet. Um, yeah, it comes out uh, in February. It's available for pre-order now. Pre-order now. Yeah. And, and this, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like when this episode's coming out, I'm like, oh. how's it come out? It hasn't come out yet, but, okay. um, soon. coming out soon, coming yeah. to a, a bookstore soon. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, it, it is, so it's choose your own adventure, which I, which like totally is, is I, I, I forgot how much I loved choose your own adventures. Um, uh, the, it, it, there's something about it that like, <clears throat> I love, uh, I'm, I, I really love video games and I really love, like, I really love video games that have a lot of replayability. And uh-huh. that's like, that's one of the best parts about a choose your own adventure is like, you get to replay yeah. the, the, the book, you get to replay the adventure over and over again. Um, and I've, I, you, you graciously sent us a copy and I, I got to my first ending today. Oh, so which ending? Uh, I got so to the, can, can I say it with like, I, yeah, it, you know, yeah, okay, okay. Without, without spoiling too Whatever. much, I got to an ending where, um, the, the lead character in the book, um, uh, basically like boots her, her, uh, potential new bow 
in the face uh, during, oh, a, during a lap I'm dance. I'm so glad you read that. Yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah another one. You can see, a musician. Yeah, can you yeah, can and, see my love and hate for musicians well, in that I, book, you know? It's, <laughs> you've said a lot of things in this, in the, you know, the 37 minutes that we've been talking. <laughs> you've, you've said a lot of things that have... That <laughs> yeah that well that I that I thought oh wow like the lead so character does sound yeah. like you like it it does you it know the, the the person's from New York they're they're you know they're they're trying to like figure out what they want to do with their life um they 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 stumble into the world of of, exactly. of stripping exactly um, I'm glad you noticed yeah. <laughs> loves fucking musicians yeah. uh, uh and and so like I guess I guess the question is like is it a, I I take it that a lot of what is in the book actually is derived from. It's it's all it's based uh, sort, on people, yeah. you know. It's based on things, you mm-hmm. know. I think it would be. I mean, I would never want to be that person that just takes a fiction book and it's exactly what happened. Then you just change sure. people's names. So yeah, but everyone is based on someone I've met in some cool. capacity over the years. How, how the fuck do you write? Uh, um, this might be too like boring of a question but like no, I, I how questions. how the fuck do you how do you write a choose your own adventure novel like how, it's so what is, you, i mean you need is there a formula to you it? need a uh, you need like a map almost like a crime scene yeah uh, <laughs> yeah you you need you know a regular novel you need an outline but a choose your own adventure you need a map and i this is now my second time doing it mm-hmm. um both times i wrote a very clear map and halfway through the book, through the map in the trash. Because sometimes as I'm writing, I get carried away with one thing. And then I, I start I start not following my own outline. So then, then I make a new outline right. from there. But yeah, you have to make sure, like, if you get too far into a story, you have to start splitting it. You know, like, I kind of know, like, an alarm will go off. Like, yeah. like this is too many pages without options. Mm. <laughs> You know, yeah. and sometimes I will just keep writing mm. and then go back because you can always add more options, you know, mm. but um, uh, I think I did get a few, not a lot. Look, I take every comment I get like to heart and like, you know, my first book, it's such a sensitive thing. I want to write a book my whole life. So when I put it out there and at first, every single, every single uh, critique, review, whatever was very positive. And then, of course, came my first negative ones, which was going to happen inevitably. Um, and some of the or the negative ones of the first book was that I didn't embrace the format enough. And I mm. get it because I was writing a novel. Mm. It almost, I felt like I was kind of writing a book of short stories, but they interwove mm. together. I don't know. Mm. Um, and so I tried to really embrace the format more. And this one didn't have like a lot of dead ends, you know, like, because mm. I think that was something I didn't have in the first one is where you like, like fail, like game over. <laughs> well, I mean, that happens to me today. And I was like, yeah. oh, fuck, it's, it's over. Like yeah, that, that yeah, was, yeah, it was such a, like, like, eh, like, you know, it, you took was, the wrong choice, you know, yeah. so that was fun to do. I didn't do that in the first yeah. one. And now I regret it. Cause that was actually very fun to do mm. is to do just you, take a, a right hand turn. We were like, no, now she fails. <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe I should wait to read through, but like, do you, do you do you take the um you know do you use that that format to your advantage by by doing things like by creating an ending that is like so outside the scope of what you might have thought would like was I mean, possible in that world like of, are there there's a lot of very different endings okay okay cool see. sweet yeah you know. yeah it's it's very fun it's You'll like see I, where, but I'm so I, glad you read that because that's I, I think that was like my I was actually curious to see where somebody would go naturally. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah, well, I was like, so of you, course, so lap dance. Tomorrow. Like, let's let's see the lap dance. Like, that, that's what I wanted to see. Yeah. I, and I, yeah, start, right. Started so you started, started the, tomorrow. Started yeah. the strip. You the strip job. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> in my head, I'm I'm playing the book like a fucking RPG game. I'm I'm going. All right, she just like had an experience that she really enjoyed. Let's not overdo it. Go get some rest. Like, go get some rest and go go home. Yeah, go home. So you really get to see her home life in that. Yeah. In that Holy one. Fuck. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Cool. It's, yeah, it, and it I really like that is. chapter. That's very like you know. Mm-hmm. You really, yeah. You really rooting yeah. for rooting for her to pick pick the girl. Yeah. So 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 what you know th- this what's next for what's next for you like you're oh, you're you're that's still a tough you're st- question yeah yeah I it, I sold my business like almost two years ago and at that point that was when everyone in my family was like are you done now can we <laughs> can we wrap this up you know not and my family has been wonderful with me I'm so thankful I've actually written about it I've been published before where I wrote about my relationship with my mother and um. She does not like my job at all, and that's fine. Uh, I don't need her to, but she loves me, and m- both my mom and dad have been very, very supportive. Have actually stuck up for me a lot, which was very eye-opening at first. That like my super feminist friends in the punk scene hated what I did, and my like religious mom was like, mm-hmm. "You know, you're a good person, and I'm just going to ignore this part of you." You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. my own mother could find a way to deal with this. Like I don't care, and it gave me a lot of strength and confidence that like I'm not doing anything wrong. My mom's okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So why should you have a problem, random troll yeah. on the internet? Like it gave me good confidence early on, but that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, I I mean my family and even myself, I was like maybe maybe this would be a good time to. <clears throat> to end my career, but um, but I didn't. <laughs> um, so here I still am. Um, I first of all, I mean, I didn't end it because I don't know. I just I wasn't done, you know. Um, mm. I really do love. I love the porn industry. I really do. Um, I think this is a really unique time in the porn industry. Um, <clears throat> so I'm just gonna kind of keep going until until no one wants to jerk off to me anymore um, right i keep yeah. thinking that you're you know i i'm gonna be 40 uh, you know uh, yeah. i actually remember when i was 30 saying like i'm gonna stop when i'm 35 at least being in front of the camera mm. um and now i'm probably more in front of the camera than i ever was because it's, it's kind of a a new era for performers and stuff and actually owning my own business and being part of the day-to-day and all the financials and planning and budgeting and producing for 17 years it actually feels like a vacation for me to just have sex. just to perform yeah yeah, yeah 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 like um yeah so it's very it's fun and it's uh i'm not gonna say easy like i'm not insulting i'm not saying <clears throat> that being a performer is easy by any stretch of the imagination but it's it's relaxing for me mm, to not mm-hmm. have to deal with the businessy side of the business you know mm-hmm. Um, it, like, the, I mean, the businessy side of the business, I, I'm, I would say, is maybe safe to assume has like really morphed quite a bit oh, over the last, you know, over the last fifteen years. Oh yeah, um, changed a lot. What I feel like, like, I kind of walked in at the tail end of many different eras. Yeah, yeah. It, like, what, are, what are your, <clears throat> you know, in the era that we're in now? Like, how do you, do you feel? What what is your outlook on the industry? Um, you know, now now that we're like, 
with the with the advent of OnlyFans and Snapchat and and all these things, like what's um, you know, we we went through that and we're which we're still in, but like you know, the free the free porn sites, and now I feel like OnlyFans is like this new kind it of is. this this new Crazy. element that I has kind of like sh- shifted the landscape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what like what are your what are your outlooks on the industry? for the future like do you feel do you feel hopeful for the industry do you feel like the industry is well what is the industry to you yeah i mean yeah i i to me personally i i don't know that's a good question i i Um, it's it's, you know um you know so it's good because i i used to stress a lot um as a studio owner wondering you know i saw the days numbered i said is there a need for studios anymore you know i put all my heart and my soul and all my money and all my time and energy into growing a brand and is there a need for brands anymore you know Mm. like it used to be very important for girls to be aligned with a studio you know um and it's not like that anymore um so I don't really know uh, where studio porn is, is going to go or if it's necessary, what's going to happen to it. From what I can tell, I think that yeah. what, and you know, the same thing happened in music. I, there's a lot of parallels with the music industry and the porn industry. Totally. Um, yeah. Do you need a record label anymore? You know, you still kind of do, but you don't need, I think, I think what happens is um, there's a need for a record label. If you want to, to be huge, like, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, huge, Mm. you know, there's no need for, I think all the middle ground went out. Like, I feel like there used to be so many like middle of the road record labels for like mid-sized bands. And like, now those people are just independent. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think right now, you know, the studios that are going to survive are going to be the really, really big Mm. ones, you know, Mm. Um, making very big budget stuff, stuff that you won't see on OnlyFans, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that, I think that's going to continue to exist. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen, you know, because the thing is you can't have an OnlyFans if you don't have fans. So where are you going to get those fans from? You know, um, you, you either have to get them from a studio, um, which I actually hear girls saying a lot, which is kind of funny, you know, and I started being both a performer and a studio owner. Like I kind of saw both sides of everything. I saw the writing on the wall, you know, I was like at a certain point, I'm like, I don't know, like at this point of burning angel after doing it for so long, I'm like we either need like an investment of $20 million or we need to sell, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because like at a certain point we were probably in that middle ground. We weren't a big studio and we weren't an amateur production. You know what I mean? Like we were kind of somewhere in the middle and I knew the middle people were going to just fall, you know, mm. um, and it's happening. People are, you know, a lot of studios now, like in the past year, a bunch of studios have sold to the bigger conglomerates, you know, mm-hmm. um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. It's, it's just kind of what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was, I, I was grateful to sell my studio. I was grateful that I got an offer and I was grateful. I mean, that's the goal of everybody who starts a business. You want to sell it one day, you know, um, and I'm very glad that the end of that story is with me selling the business and not the business going out of business, you know, yeah, yeah, which, totally. which could have happened, you know, <gasps> who knows? Um, and we weren't on a decline. Nobody would have, nobody would have bought the studio if we were on that big of a decline, but, um, would that be mm. happening now? I don't really know, you know? Um, but, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think um, it's just it's a very different era, you know. Um, so, girl, I think, you know, studio porn is in a weird time, but, it, you know, I, it still needs to exist for girls to 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 have kind of a a billboard for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people that still really enjoy, you know, um, being on set, but, but I think, um, porn is just, you know, like a lot of Instagram models have only fans now, you know, like a lot totally, of, um, yeah, yeah. but this kind of happened years ago with webcamming, you know, it's, this mm-hmm. is just sort of a new era of webcamming. Like when the door opened up for like so many different amateurs entering and, you know, like I said, I've always kind of been on this, the sidelines of everyone because I did very much become part of like the, the porn industry, but I got into the porn industry by starting my own website in my dorm room, you know? So like, right. like I, I could not have been one of those girls in the industry if, if I had to enter, you know, I entered through a studio, but it was my own studio. So mm. I don't know if I just went off on too much of a tangent, but no, no, I, I mean, it's fa- It's a fascinating time that we're in. It's really interesting to hear someone's perspective who, who like you know like you say that you have you, you you have your foot in in so many different pools within the industry yeah. um that it's it's really just interesting to hear your thoughts on it because it is it is a fascinating time for for the world of porn you know it's yeah. it's it's really interesting to be on the outside looking at it and watching it evolve and watching it morph and shift as as social porn media morphs adapts. and as yeah it yeah totally does. right it always mm-hmm. does and it adapts before everybody else does like i have yeah. like musician friends that ask me stuff about OnlyFans. i'm like god i've been on OnlyFans for years now you're just like figuring this out we're always the first on any like uh-huh. platform yeah you know well spe- speaking of um how can do you mind letting our listeners know um, how they can find you, how they can keep up with what it is that you're up to, and and just a little reminder of uh, of Club 42 and, and yeah. where they can find it. Everybody, follow me on Instagram. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, I won't be removed from Instagram. Thank God I've never been removed. Whew, that's like my biggest fear. Zuckerberg's coming. It's, no, it, it's not it, coming for it, me. I follow I, the rules, okay? Okay, I, I right. read the TOS... It, Fingers crossed. Yeah, Fingers crossed. like the fucking Bible. And I follow them, okay? Um, follow me on Instagram. My name is Joanna Angel. It's a verified account, so do not follow a fake Joanna Angel who will ask you for money and say they want to meet up with you and suck your dick because it's not it's not me, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't want you to get murdered by somebody pretending to be me. <laughs> um, on Twitter, my name is Joanna Angel also, and it's verified, so follow me on there. And subscribe to my OnlyFans, that's where all my new content is, and look at my uh, the movies I direct uh, on Burning Angel and see my whole archive of films. Mm-hmm. But I will say, when the sale happened, when the, when the Burning Angel sale happened, I kept one thing that was not part of the purchase order, the purchase whatever, and that was I kept through Penetrator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did. Because oh, that's a special, weird thing. It's yeah. actually not on Burning Angel um, anyway. How how is it possible to get a copy of it? Like, how do you get a copy you know, of Free Penetrator? Can, uh, you can probably find a pirated copy somewhere. Yeah, Where Sackville High. It's Sackville High School in in Lower Sackville. You yeah, can probably find right? one I mean, under the fucking it's a bleachers. Weird one. Yeah, it could. Yeah. You know, I I honestly don't even know where you get a copy. I think I have like some copies stashed away in my garage. Yeah, 
that I it's I, I mean like it's a cult folks, classic. It is. And like I I cannot recommend it more if you can if if, if, can if folks it. are doing some like internet sleuthing, yeah. like see if you can find it because it's it's a fucking great time. Yeah. It really is. Um again, Club 42, uh it is coming out in February. Uh so, so, so thank fucking you. stoked to be able to talk to you, Joanna. This you. has just been so fun. I, I agree. Really fun. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um you guys are up in Canada now? All the way up in East Coast, yeah, Atlantic Coast of Canada. That's so cold, awesome. cold, yeah. cold. I love Canada. Yeah, me too. You guys are on like super lockdown there, right? Uh, it's not actually too too bad at where we are. Um, things haven't been like as as bad as they've been mm-hmm. elsewhere. You guys in the, follow in the, the rules. Yeah, we do. We yeah, don't we're pretty... follow. You know, we have a we have very defiant people here. Yeah. So here yeah. we are again in the second lockdown because nobody yeah. listens to anyone. That's <laughs> yeah. it. We, yeah. we don't. We don't. We don't want to follow the rules, but we do because but we're do nice. Do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Canadian. Canadians right. are very very nice people. <laughs> <laughs> I actually. I've I've been to Canada before. I why I say you guys are so nice because I I literally like almost got arrested in Canada. I've never had anybody be so nice to me while getting arrested. <laughs> Bob was like apologizing to me. I'm like I did something wrong. <laughs> That's hilarious. So sorry. Like, yeah. The guy was like, I'm so sorry to ruin your vacation like this. I'm like, this is so weird. I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> That is very yeah. That that's that's uh, probably the most Canadian thing I've heard all year. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like I'm breaking the law. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah, it was I am just so, like that. So like, sorry. This is, this is like a mind fuck right now. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to be mean to me right now, and I'm supposed to be fighting it. But now you're like apologizing to me, and I don't really know. Maybe I don't know he where maybe. That puts me. <laughs> Maybe he was a, he could have been a fan. You know, you never know. Could have been you a know, fan. I think he's just a really nice Canadian. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he just believed that, that, that you were disappointed enough in yourself yeah. that yeah. he didn't yeah. need to flog you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm so uh. sorry for ruining your vacation. Like, What's going on? Am I in the Twilight Zone? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> So. Come on up to Canada, folks. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of room. Lots of room. Well, again, thank you so much, Joanna. This thank has been you. Really fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah. And you stay safe up there. And yes. have um, a happy holiday. Yeah, you yeah, too. You too. Okay. And there we go. That was our conversation with Joanna Angel. Um, God, what a treat. What a flipping treat. Uh, and hey, that's all we got for this week. Uh, feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. Hope you had a happy holiday. Hope you uh, had a fun new year. And uh, again, looking forward to 2021. Looking forward to the future. Looking forward to doing the work. You know, we're just doing the work. <laughs> You're jumping right in there. Um, uh, but yeah, we uh, we love you all. We're so happy that you're still on this uh, weird and fun and and bizarre journey with us. And uh, we'll be coming back at you every single Wednesday with new episodes. Uh, but in the meantime, you can 
send us an email. If you ever have a comment or something to say, you can email us at turnmeonpodcast.com, uh, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, and hey, Bride, why don't you tell them about our Patreon? Oh, yeah. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash turnmeon where you can uh, sign up uh, at different tier levels. You can watch us record these um, these intros. You can receive titillating writing about what I'm reading and up to and titillating. whatnot. Titillating. Titillating, yeah. <laughs> um, and you never know. Um, there's some there's some merchandise on there as well. Um, and and maybe maybe even some like special events coming up in 2021 that you'll be privy to as a patron. Um, so thanks so much to those who do subscribe. We appreciate you so much. This wouldn't be possible without you. That is it for this week. Until next week, lovingly fondle your labia and let us know uh, if it affects your left ear. Ah, uh, there we go. All right, I like that. That's going to be the new ending for 2021. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.